if you find what you're good at and you like it, it fires you up. And you, like you said, zone of genius, you could be doing it for 10 hours straight and you're not bothered by it. That's where you need to develop your skill set and start really diving into that because that's who you are. That's who God created you to be. Conquer your life, motivation, keep it moving. Uh, all about improving. This it is a movement. Conquer your life, uh, ain't no going backwards. Time to overcome your challenges with Tristan Mathers. Aiming to see the success. Time to start living your best. Positive changes, they creating a ripple effect. Mind, body, spirit, all about resilience. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, let's get it. Get it. What's up, everybody? I'm Tristan Mathers, and welcome to Conquer Your Life. Join me as I interview successful entrepreneurs from around the world, sharing their invaluable insights with you. Together, we'll ignite the fire within and unlock your limitless potential. Let's get it. So how do you feel after that workout? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. The calisthenics doesn't get me too much, but the cardio does. Mm. Specifically sprints. I hate the sprints. I would have rather ran two miles instead of doing the sprints. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they were they were struggling quite a bit out there. But With the running? <laughs> I, I was like waiting and I went through like three or four rounds and I was like, I feel like it's been like over 10 minutes and it's like a mile. Uh-huh. So I'm like, they're, they're dragging today. Yeah. I was hoping that when we got back around that dude could pass the shoes back off to you because, I mean, he had Air Forces on. Oh, God. So that wouldn't have been, been good. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tate had his, though, so luckily it worked out. Mm -hmm. They're comfy, better than the Converse I had on. Yeah. I've tried running that same route in high-top vans, and I felt like my calves were going to fall off afterwards, but we're good. First time we did it, I did it in vans. I remember that. I remember. Yeah, just fucking <laughs> smacking the pavement every you time I took like a step. You sounded like a horse right next yeah. to me, dude. <laughs> did the cold bother you at all? No, nah, nah, because I've been doing the cold showers. Yeah, fuck that shit, dude. The cold showers. I uh, I say that, but I know how good it is for you. It's like that first minute that I'm just, I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah, well, that's the thing. After a minute, if you're in a bathtub or in the, well, the shower might be a little different. If you're doing a cold bath for the first minute, usually it sucks because you're super, like, present and focused mm -hmm. on it. But then you have, I forgot what it's called, but, like, it's like a firmament that, like, goes around your body. Mm -hmm. It's like a layer. So it doesn't feel as cold the next, like, two, three minutes that you're in the cold cold bath. Yeah. Well, I remember doing it when I was, fuck. I think I was a sophomore in high school. I remember doing it with my skinny-ass body. I probably weighed, like, 90 pounds at the time. Damn, okay. Yeah. And it, legit ice in the ice bath thing. And I remember feeling like I was going to die. Mm -hmm. And then after the first minute, everything went numb. I was like, huh. Yeah. This feels pretty cool. <laughs> it's not that bad after that. No. So I'm, I'm going to sound like a little bitch, but it's okay because I ain't scared to say it. But the other day, like I say the other day, like two or three weeks ago, I got that cold plunge thing that you probably saw in my story. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and it was like, I don't know, 33 degrees outside. And the water obviously is that cold, if not colder. Yep. And I was like, yeah, I could do it. It's, it's okay. Snow might be on the ground, but like, I got this. Ain't no joke. So I got down in my underwear and tried to hop in, dude, and I mm -hmm. couldn't do it. I got my feet in, and I got out and ran right back inside. <laughs> I, like, I, there was, like, a whole different side of me I didn't know was there, and it was, like, little bitch boy. Your body's just, it goes fight or flight, and yeah. you have to force yourself under. I even tried to have Brianna force me under and keep me there. Did you see the photo I no, posted? No, I didn't see that, no. <laughs> There's a photo that I have online. We might be able to throw it in this video. I don't know, but Brianna's, like, trying to hold me down, and I can only get down to my knees. Oh, my look, God. Yeah. 
I look like I was. No, the other day I had struggling. a buddy in Tampa who um, invited me to go do like a cold plunge uh, sauna thing at this at this like yoga lab thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know some holistic thing. And um, we go, and he didn't tell me a whole lot of details about it. So I show up, I have my swimsuit on, um, and um, towel. I brought all my own stuff. And he walks me outside or out back, and uh, we start with. There's two shower heads on the wall, so we turn on the shower, and I'm like, "Oh, we're doing cold shower." He's like, "Yeah." I was like, in my head, I'm like thinking it was a cold plunge. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, cold shower, fuck it." So we turn the cold shower on, and it's already freezing, bro, because it's <laughs> like 50. It was like 50 that morning in Florida, which is obviously cold for Florida. Yeah, and um. The shower was already cold as shit. So we're in there for like 10 seconds, 15 seconds. And then he turns his off. I'm like, oh, we're done already? He's like, yeah. He's like, okay. So I turn it off and he keeps walking. He doesn't go back <laughs> inside. He keeps walking. Turn the back corner. There's like 12 cold plunges with just ice, oh, all shit. metal ice. And like, he's doing it all with you? Yeah. So um, I was like, fuck, this is, this is it. So um, he's like, well, there's one rule. You can't, you can't uh, complain. So I was like, okay, I wasn't going to anyways, because, like, if I have somebody else there with me, like, I'm not going to bitch out. Like, I'm going to just mm-hmm. mentally suffer. Mm-hmm. So um, we get down in it. He didn't tell me how long we were in there. So for the first minute, you know, my body's, like, freaking out. And then I have to, like, just zone out, and it's all mental. So I'm just in there just zoning out, manifesting visualization, just trying to get out of my body. And uh, we get, we're in there for three minutes, and then um, we get out and go and straight into the, like, 210-degree sauna for 15 minutes. Um, so we're in there 15 minutes. And then I thought we were done, right? Mm-hmm. So I we got there. I'm like, damn, okay, I feel good. I'm ready to get started with the day. Let's do yeah. this. It was like 20 minutes thing. So I was like, cool. I'm like, you do this every morning? He's like, yeah. And then next thing I know, he's starting to walk back outside. I'm like, okay, what, the, what, 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 what's going on? Uh, and it, we do three rounds of the shit, dude. There was three rounds. He was doing rounds. So we ended up doing three rounds of the three minute cold punch and the 15 minutes on. It was like an hour and a half long thing. Mm. I felt so good after. I was like. The most productive that day I'd been in a while. Was it harder in the ice than it was the heat? Uh, the sauna doesn't. The sauna doesn't bother me. Is they, it normal they, sauna two hundred and ten? Because that sounds like a lot. Uh, I don't know about normal, but they give you like a like a wool hat, like a little. Hmm. I don't want to say what I was gonna think, but like a little pointy hat, you know, a little wool pointy hat to go wear into the into the sauna that like stops your head from getting too hot. Oh. Um. Okay. It's not bad. I laid down on one of the things and just kind of zoned out, started sweating. So what did you learn? <sighs> I want to buy a cold plunge in yeah. a sauna. Like, I've wanted to move into either a house or a bigger apartment that has, like, a big six-foot-wide balcony that I can mm. put a cold plunge out on. Yeah? Yeah, but the one I'm wanting doesn't open until July, so I'm going to have to sign another lease for six or seven months. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I want one, too, man. I just I need to get past that mental battle of being a little bitch. Well, it's the same thing with running. Like, when you're running, like, the reason I'm able to, I don't run, but I can go whip out a 5K whenever I want. Mm-hmm. It's because it's all mental. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're someone in shape, you can just go get over that mental block, you're good. Yeah. I feel, I felt like I was pretty good mentally until I got into that cold. And I was like, no, I'm not. Yeah. I got so much <laughs> fucking work to do, man. <laughs> Have you seen that guy in Detroit who takes an ice bath every single day and has to break it? Oh, with the, no, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he does it once a day for over a year. He said, I'm going to do an ice bath every day until the Detroit Lions win a Super Bowl. Oh, God, that's going to so be a while. I got to see him from day one and think he's on, like, day 330-something oh now, and now he just gets in like it ain't nobody's business. 
Because he knows he has to do it for the indefinite future. There's no getting around it. Yeah, well, he's used to it now. It's like that Wim Hof thing. He's been doing that shit for fucking 40 years. Yeah. Well, that's why the cold shower is so easy during, like, phase one of live hard is because you have to do it. Mm. Like, there's no, like, yeah, I might take, like, five minutes procrastinate a little before getting in there, but I'm like, okay, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And just whoop, get in. I, uh... When I was struggling getting to the ice bath, I started watching Wim Hof because he's the guy who, like, started it all, right? Mm-hmm. He's been doing it for 40 years, and I saw the video of him climbing Mount Everest with fucking shorts on. Yeah. That just shows you how much pow- how much more powerful our bodies are than we even fucking can fathom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, say in the gym, like, when you're, like, thinking you're on your last set usually or last rep, mm-hmm. you usually have, like, five more. Mm-hmm. So... You can push yourself a lot harder than you think you can. Yeah, I think that it applies with every area of life. I know we're getting off track a little bit, um, but it's been good, some good talks here. Uh, so there's a reason why I'm interviewing you. You're quite a badass motherfucker. He's been, uh, this is Anthony Bertonson. He's been uh, working our social media here at NextGen for a while, and recently I've had a lot of videos of mine go viral. How, how, how many millions of views do you think people have seen? Oh, boy. Uh, with you in it? Yeah. I'd say it's over like twelve now. Twelve million. Over twelve million in like the last two months. Bonkers, dude. Yeah. Like getting mic'd up, I was a little nervous. I went out there and did it. You know, I don't know. Max, Max, I think total content you've gotten of me is what an hour, hour and a half. Probably. Hour, yeah, hour and a half. You've probably got what twenty videos. Twenty. Yeah. Twenty about videos. 20, Fifteen to twenty, I would say. And they're simple. They're not like nothing crazy. Um, So what I want to talk to you about today, you know, for the listeners is like the simplicity of building your brand online and not overthinking it. So what's your story, who you are, what you do, and uh, we'll kind of move on from there. Yeah. Uh, One thing I want to say real quick, though, is document your journey and your journey will become your brand. That's Mm. literally as easy as it needs to be. My buddy Colin says that all the time, but it's true because he's managed to switch industries a handful of times and make a shit ton of money in each industry just because as as he switches, he just starts documenting whatever he's doing, throwing it up online, and then he'll make some sort of digital product service coaching around that Mm -hmm. and then be able to sell it because he's shown the entire process of him starting and getting to where he's at online. Yeah. So with us, it's the same shit, just doing, showing what you're doing every single day and just turning (coughs) it into something consumable online. Mm -hmm. Um, and it'll work if you put it in the right structure. Well, it's cool that you say that because now, because I've been consistent building my machine. <coughs> I'm in Apex, Ryan Stuman's, uh networking group, and that's what he says is like, build your machine. He's been posting at least once a day for 15 years straight, and now he's gotten millions and millions of people to follow him, and he teaches other people how to do it. And he, he, sh- he posted a uh, picture recently, uh, I think 10 years ago. He made a post and one like. You know, but documenting that journey has gotten where it's at, where he's at. And then now I've been doing it for two years now. People love seeing that journey. Like, damn, look where he started. Yeah. Look at where he's at now. He's been documenting it. He's, he is living the example. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not just fucking around acting like one of these rah-rah guys, you know. Yeah. You think that's why it works? Uh, Yeah, because you're showing everything, your failures and your wins and all that shit. I've... Like, one of the things I'm trying to get better at is I've only ever shown the wins for the most part. There's been a couple scenarios where I've shown the L's, but, like, I haven't documented as much as I should have. Like, nobody knew I had an agency until, like, three months ago on social media. They all thought I just did comedy still. (laughs) And then I hadn't made, I have barely made any money from comedy in, like, (laughs) two years. So, 
Well, you've gotten a lot of following from it, though. Yeah, from the comedy shit, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking funny, y'all. You go check out his TikTok, you're going to be rolling. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so uh, you asked how I got started and all that. Um, let's give you the little rundown. I've just been making content for, like, a decade now, a little over a decade since I was, like, 13 mm. um, of some sort or another, and it started with YouTube videos. I started uh, making gaming videos when FaZe Clan was popping off. Like Black Ops 2. Yeah, MW2, MW3, Black yep. Ops, all that shit. And um, kind of just went with the times as uh, the gaming like phase. Those guys started vlogging, doing like the video logs on YouTube. Um, I switch, <laughs> I switched, started doing that um, just because that's what I saw was trending or starting to pick up on YouTube. And none, neither of those really hit. Uh, and then prank videos started taking off in like mm. 2015, like public prank videos. Mm -hmm. So that's when I got my mics <laughs> that I have now. Um, Zoom wins went out in public, started fucking with people. And uh, I was super introverted before that. Um, but because of those videos, I like forced myself to just go mess with people. And mm -hmm. then after a while I realized like, okay, yeah, they're going to think I'm probably dumb for the five minutes I'm talking to them, but then they're going to forget about it 30 minutes later, or it's going to be funny to them. They're going to go tell their family and mm -hmm. it's going to make their day type shit, but they're not going to remember me, you know, unless they see the video in like 48 hours from now. So that got me really out of my comfort zone. Got me to be more extroverted. Um, and then the prank videos turned into travel videos. Um, when Jay Alvarez started popping off on YouTube. Uh, so I started making little travel videos. I spent my student loan money to go down to Miami and mm. go to a music festival because I was not learning anything in college. Okay. Uh, so yep. I spent like four grand of my student loan money to go to Miami for like a month. Um, <coughs> and I uh, made my first travel video. And the travel videos is where I started getting some traction. Uh, after like six months, I got a job opportunity to go down to Arizona and live with a group of like millionaires, a bunch of kids my age making six, seven figures. But I obviously was not at that point yet, but I was doing content for all them for a year and a half. Just like went from looking like I was lower middle class family in the Midwest. to now my Instagram looks like I'm a millionaire somehow in mm -hmm. like two weeks. So, uh, just mainly because of that opportunity after that failed, moved back to Kansas city Started my personal brand from everything I learned, grew that to a million followers in six months, um, and then two million in like twelve. The pretty much the TikTok mm -hmm. side, primarily of the TikTok, and then a hundred, hundred and twenty k trickled over to Instagram. So I also saw your Facebook too, bro. You got like what sixty? There's 70? like sixty on Facebook too, and that's just from posting all the same stuff on there. That's so bonkers, man. Do you think like they follow you all around? The social platforms, um, you got, like, different... No, it's just, they're all a different audience. The Instagram, a majority of that's from TikTok. Like, mm. most of those people are also on TikTok. But um, <coughs> the Facebook's all on its own. And then probably the other half of the Instagram's on its own, just from posting on those platforms individually. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, that went so well. I got asked to start an agency and start running other people's shit, so... So how did that come up, the agency side of things? It started with Josh, was... Well, second client. He was my second client. My first one, um, during all this, like, the social media life is, like, um, there's way more to the Arizona story. But um, the social media life is very inconsistent. Unless you're, like, in the top 1% of creators, your income could fluctuate heavily. Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe one month I'm getting 100 million views. <coughs> and I get, like, you know, ten to $12,000 in a month. And then the next month I'm at, like, 20 million views. And I don't get hit up for brand deals or mm -hmm. the creator funds aren't paying. And now I made 2000 So now it kind of evens out to, like, four or five a month. 
And then, like, over time, it evens out a little less than that. So mm-hmm. now I'm, like, not comfortable moving out of my mom's house again because, like, I don't have a consistent income. So behind the scenes, I was trying to learn, um, like, drop shipping, e-commerce. Mm-hmm. So I learned, I bought a bunch of courses and uh, had tried running ads a bunch and just could never get drop shipping to work. I think my best month, I made, like, two, three grand profit. But then after that, I, like, had never had money before. So I went and spent mm-hmm. it and then, like, trashed yep. the whole business. Um but I knew how to run ads on all the platforms. So one day I had a buddy call me. He's like, hey, you know how to run TikTok and Snapchat ads, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can run them. Yeah, well, they will do well. I don't know, but yeah. I can run them. So um, I didn't tell him that, but I told him I could run them. So he um, <coughs> he merges the phone call like on the spot with uh, uh, a PR agency in Miami that's working with Goya Foods. What's PR? Um, just, it's like, uh, press, press releases. Okay. So, um, it was an agency in Miami that helps other companies get press, do marketing, stuff like that. And they were working with Goya Foods, which is the largest Hispanic owned food Hmm. company in America. Interesting. Um, so he puts me on the phone with that, right? He's like, just, here's a multi-billion dollar company. Um, and, uh, start talking to him and long story short, they needed, uh, somebody to run, human trafficking awareness campaigns for Goya Cares. It's like their mm. philanthropy kind of thing. Okay. Um, and uh, that was great for me because awareness just means I just need to get views, right? Just get reach. I don't need to sell anything, mm-hmm. which was where I always struggled. So I was like, oh, I can easily do that. So I got my first client and uh, went from the, you know, fluctuating income to like now I'm making a good amount of money. And Very I'm consistent. Consistent income every month coming in from them. I would get a retainer and then a percentage of ad spend that they were spending every month. Um, And it took me like four hours of work max per month. Um, So it was like, great job. And I worked with them for 18 months straight. Uh, After 12 of that, 12 of that, 16 of that um, is when I started working with Josh. Because I've known Josh for a year and a half prior. Where'd you guys meet? Oh, boy, that's a funny story. Um, <laughs> I've actually told this twice this trip because people keep asking. Um, so I had a buddy, not going to use names, but I had a buddy who was actually working with Josh, like through some agency. Mm-hmm. Him and a buddy owned an agency, and they were working together. He didn't live here. He lived, um, I don't even know where he lived, somewhere in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, more of an acquaintance than a friend, but like I knew of him. We connected yeah. on social media. Um, and they were working together. He texted me. He's like, hey, you're in Kansas City, right? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, uh, hey, so I have this guy there. He has a Lamborghini, and we're, like, we needing to do, like, a car shoot. Do you know, like, some cool spots to, like, do that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can show you guys around, blah, blah, blah. So I just kind of wrote down, like, five or six spots that we could go park at. And he, w- he was bringing a videographer, so I wasn't doing anything other than just showing them the spots and kind of tagging along, checking yeah. it out. And um, as we're on the shoot, I could I could tell the guy sucked ass. Like, the, the photographer oh, that really? they brought was so bad. Like, I could just tell. He did not know what the fuck he was doing. Was he, like, you think he was nervous? Like, no, like, he just didn't. I think he was, like, in over his head. Like, oh. he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. It's like, fuck Lamborghini. Shit. Yeah, something like this? that. So, like, the whole time I can tell that it's not going well. But I can't say anything because, like, out of respect for my, yeah. my buddy. I'm, well, like, I'm not going to start directing and, like, right. take over and, like, give me the fucking camera. Well, in, in your past, too, I mean, you used to take videos of photos of supercars all the time Well, before that yeah in arizona i was doing all the supercar shoots the nightclubs and all that stuff um but uh long story short that's how i met josh that day and then like two weeks later i hit him up i was like hey you want to go grab lunch or something because he was here and i was just going to reconnect with him and uh funny little story in that is i invited him to go to spin pizza but i just said spin you can go to spin Mm -hmm. and he thought we were going to a spin class so this dude shows up thinking we're going to a spin class like a spin like a cycle bar class with the cycle like the the bikes (laughs) You know, so he shows <laughs> yes. up and uh, 
during that launch is when I'm like, how did that shoot end up going in there? And he's like, oh, I fired him. I was like, yeah, I can tell why. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I just knew that whole shoot went to shit. Because, I, I, like, I was there and I have experience. I didn't want to take over. But, like, I could tell the guy did not know what he was doing. Um, so, for, like, a year after that, we were friends. Like, I invited him down to Miami to come watch me speak at an event. Um, just kind of hung out. And then uh, he hired, like, two or three other people during that time period. Mm. Um, the last, most recent one. He asked me to consult for, like, he paid me a consulting fee to come teach this guy what I was doing. I was like, dude, just why don't you hire me, Mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of how that started. And then we've been working together for about two years now. And just in the last six months is when everything with his wife and him have kind of taken off where they're getting millions of views a month. Yep. But that's been a snowball effect. Just over time, slowly but Uh surely, it's just going. Yeah. So I've kind of gotten to see this recently. I've been working with Josh for, uh, what is it, five to six months now. And I met Anthony the first day I came out here. And I was like, man, there's something different about this guy with the with the, the video camera. This is some cool shit. But later that day, come to find out, Josh really wanted me to work for him. And he gave me an amazing opportunity to come down here to Kansas City, move from Wichita, Kansas, to Kansas City to come work with Josh. Um, if you guys want to look him up online, it's Joshua Steinberger, owner of Next Gen Restoration. It's a roofing company here in Kansas City that's branching out, has an office in Cleveland, Ohio as well and the journey man it's just been so cool to see in it man and so much of that I think has also came from the social media presence that we are getting yeah I mean there's not other companies doing it like this I don't think there's another com- company in the country getting the views we're getting right now and yeah. it's kind of just starting to pick up like I feel like if we really double down on it that it could like even double triple from where it's at I do too so we're like every video <laughs> on TikTok is getting a quarter million views plus what do you th- why do you think it's working so well because nobody's doing it. That's that's why. Right now, the, the social media platforms favor long-form, short-form content is what I call it. Long-form, short-form? Anything from, like, one to, like, five minutes. Mm. Um, that's vertical. Okay. And uh, it's very raw is, I think, also why it's working. It's um, For a while, everybody was doing the Alex Hermosi-style content where they were popping up the captions and all these animations and shit. Mm-hmm. And now everybody and their mom has some Filipino VA doing that. So you think the reason why this is so different is because they're not just having all these photos and all these things just dropping yeah. into it. It's raw content and yep. little words here and there. It's raw and it's not scripted. It's just literally like, as you know, I'm filming you guys and then like occasionally I ask you questions to clarify something, but you're not doing anything different from when I'm either I'm there or I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, <coughs> luckily I have the skill set to kind of know where I can start the videos, where I can end the videos, what hooks I can use based off of things yep. you guys said anyways, and kind of plug it in that format. Um, but I think that's it, dude. It's just, there's, I mean, that's why I blew up on social media. I was, I got on TikTok right when it switched from Musical.ly to TikTok, like into. It was Musical.ly? It was Musical.ly and oh, it turned no into TikTok. I didn't know that. Um, and that was like 20, the end of 2018, 2019, sometime in there. Mm. Um, but that was when everybody was doing the dancing and the, and the fucking singing yeah. and the lip syncing and yeah. shit. <laughs> and uh, when I told people I was making TikTok videos, they're like, is that the dancing app? Like, nobody wanted to get on TikTok at the time. Mm-hmm. So I come in there, and I was testing structures, and I ended up just doing, like, a story time one day because I have a bunch of weird, weird, wacky stories. And um, that was my first video that did well, and I think it got, like, a little over 100,000 views. So mm-hmm. I, like, did it again. I was like, a couple, well, days, it worked, couple right? days later, let me do a different story. And then that one started and got like 50K. And then those were like my highest performing ones at the time. So I just stuck with these stories. And then after like two months, I think after the first month of doing that, I got to 32K in like a month. 
like followers. Yeah, on TikTok, it's like two thousand to like thirty two k in like a month, and yeah. then after that, the next month it was like seventy eighty, and then I hit a hundred k the third month, and then the fourth month I was at like two fifty. And then it just grew from there and up to a million in six months. Yeah, I've seen some of your... And that's because nobody was doing the stories. Everybody was doing the dancing shit okay. that was 15 seconds. I was maxing out the video link at 60 seconds. Okay. And I wasn't using sounds. I was just talking the whole time. So it was nobody else was doing that on at the time. And I think that's what is happening with the roofing thing is nobody's doing content like that in that industry. So we're the only ones that are... I mean, now people are copying us, but... Yeah, it's almost like when they say go back to the basics, it works. Yeah. I mean, it's just everything's a cycle. Yeah. Like, everybody wore skinny jeans, and now everybody's starting to switch back to baggy jeans. And mm-hmm. Well, shit, I'm fucking switching back to baggy jeans. You know all the fucking people talking shit on <laughs> The first video that really went viral at Next Gen, <laughs> y'all can go look at it. I look like a fucking dork. I'm just standing there in the corner watching Josh looking all fruity <laughs> and shit like this. Didn't know. I mean, I'm on a roof trying to balance. Yeah. And I have my cowboy hat on, and I look like a goofball and fucking... Was a couple thousand people just yeah. commenting and talking mad shit, but it was funny. But people liked it. It's they didn't like it. It boosts the video when and the all people commenting. fucking saw it, and the more people saw it, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people saw me look like a dork, but it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's it's funny now. I kind of laugh at it. At first, mm-hmm. it kind of bothered me. I was like, man, you people fucking talking shit. I don't. I don't. Well, you went and bought new jeans after that video. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bought three <laughs> pairs of new jeans that were. A little bit more baggy. Um, but, yeah, I don't wear those jeans anymore. Yeah. I didn't know they were that skinny. I mean, I thought they were comfortable. They could, feel good, yeah. I could squat then, in and them. And then you see them in a video, and you're like, oh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I totally get it. I look like a fucking dork, guys. Um, but, no, dude, I since you told me, like, your story on TikTok, I actually went all the way down. Oh, Jesus. And saw it. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. He wasn't playing. No, there's some whack shit on there. There's some whack shit on there. Hey, it's funny, though. Um, I've seen a couple of your videos. Didn't you get a couple of videos on there? Got, like, millions of likes? Yeah. Um, I think on TikTok, the most likes was probably around 3 million. Mm. 3 million likes. And then I think my best video on TikTok, at least, was, like, around 15 to 20 million views. Wow. On Instagram, though, my best is at 54 million. Million? Yeah. Is it a, one of the videos that you took and it's copied a stitch. over? Yep, yep, yep. No, story. <laughs> was it the race car one? No, it was one where I was talking about, um, it was some guy talking about how the most attractive part of a woman is uh, kind of like that fupa area, like the like under their belly button, like yeah. that, that kind of bump. And um, I stitched it and was like in the car. I was like, finally, yeah, somebody <laughs> finally gets it. Like something like that. And uh, all the it went viral because um, something that w- the women realized something in the comment section of the video. They all came to... A realization, which is what um, what made it go viral, is because it broke down a, a limiting belief or like a common belief that women had, which is like they've always needed to fix that area because like they'll put on like a tight dress or something, uh-huh. and then you'll obviously see the little fupa thing under their belly, um, and uh, they'll think they need to like flatten it out and fix it. What's well, supposed to be like that? It's supposed to be like that. You got like your uterus and mm-hmm. stuff there. But um, what happened was in the comments, all the girls were realizing that the only people that have actually ever told them that they need to fix that is other women, not mm. men. It's other women that tell them that. Right. So in the comments, they're like, wait a second. Men. Maybe men do like it. Because now that I'm thinking of it, it has only been girls in my life that told me I need to like maybe wow. flatten that out. 
So they got like 54 million views because like I'm going to assume mainly because people spent so much time in the fucking comment section like while the video is scrolling. Yeah, they'll watch the video four times while they're like commenting on shit. So that one went fucking mega viral. Hell yeah. Yeah. Something that I've uh, something that I've realized when coming here with next gen and growing and just doing my normal thing, making sales, selling roofs, you know, taking action on, you know, putting on the mic and stuff is that everybody can do this in any industry that they are in. Yeah. Just document their journey. Don't try to be someone you're not. Be where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Get the content. Post the content. Make it engaging. I don't know. Just do your thing. And what I'm realizing is that, like, it's so simple. Uh-huh. Like, I don't have to be somebody I'm not. I just be me. Yep. I document where I'm at. I post it or have somebody who's a professional like you post it. Yep. You know what to look for. You know what to say. And bada bing, bada boom. Millions of people seeing my face. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's bonkers. And you're not doing anything different. No. Not a damn thing. That's Only thing that's different is somebody taking action with the camera. That's the beauty of it. Um, I literally made a story about this the other day. I said the same shit. I'm like, I don't care if you're fucking cleaning up public restrooms or you're an electrician or you're in beauty school or you're an athlete, whatever you're doing, you can be making content online and having it perform well as long as you're plugging it into like a viral structure. Um, and what I've talked about with our content is the structure we plugged it into was kind of like prank video style. Mm -hmm. I'm micing you guys up. I'm back in the car. You know, once we get an inspection, I'm coming up. But like initially, I'm hiding back in the car. You're going door to door. I'm recording the sales pitch you guys are doing, the conversation, um, and uh, turning that into a video. But it's a format that has already gone viral from like 2015 to 2020. Mm. Everybody's doing prank videos where it's the same thing. We're just doing it with roofing and going door to door. So... Um, what I always tell people to do is go on TikTok and uh, search your niche on the explore page and then in the top right filter by like the most liked in like the last six months and you're going to be looking at all the most viral videos for your niche mm. um, and then you can just scroll through there and just find like a video structure that you think you can plug your daily life into um, and then just stick with that for like 90 days and just see what happens. Yeah. I, on from the outside looking in, I thought it was so much more complicated than it actually was. I told you you were overthinking it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just reality, but I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. You know, the majority of people think, like, these motherfuckers out here doing all this content thing is, like, like it's hard. Yeah. I mean, I started filming YouTube videos, vlogs on my um, iPhone 6. Mm-hmm. Just, like, holding it sideways. Well, look what we got right here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, camera. the fucking iPhones nowadays are better than most cameras. I mean, guys, you have your content machine right here. Yeah. Use it. I mean, since you've been telling me to post stories consistently every day, people are commenting, swiping up, saying, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. And I'm like, yeah, wow. And I think it's the consistency factor, too. It is. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to do this for a week and fucking stop for a month. Yeah, I'm trying to get better at doing it myself because I've always been good at giving advice. But, like, I have so many clients (laughs) with my agency that, like, I'm trying to make sure they are doing it. Mm -hmm. Um. But eventually, hopefully here, I'm going to hire my own guy to do my shit, and then I'm going to train him to just do it for me. Yeah? Yeah. I got you. I, uh, <coughs> man, so shit going around, man. I keep coughing. Yeah, we're both fucking dying. It's all good, though. <coughs> shit. <coughs> Scratch that. Came to an uh, epiphany. I, I think I told you about it after shooting some content with you. I had an epiphany that no matter what you do, if you like something, like, for instance, you like to go fishing. And that's your life. Mm 
mm-hmm. you can just make content about it and just follow yep. a certain niche, like you said, a certain kind of video, and do it. If you like what you do and you can post it and make money yeah. and find a business in the brand on what you do already and what you love, why the fuck not? Yeah, especially you know? if you have goals, you want to work with, like, a specific company or get on a podcast. Like, my goal is to – I was, like, I'm inconsistent with the fitness content right now, but I really want to get sponsored by First Form. It's my mm. bud, the kettlebell guy, if you saw that video mm-hmm. I did. He's sponsored by First Form. No shit. Uh-huh. So I want to get sponsored by them, and then I, I want to get on Andy's sponsor. podcast, whether it's me talking about 75 Hard or um, him interview or, like, going on, like, a CTI or something, but – that's going like the next like six to 12 months that if I can stay consistent with the fitness content, I don't see why that wouldn't happen because I've already found a fitness structure that I've gotten like I'm like three for six right now on videos getting over like 150k on my Instagram, mm. never posting fitness content and like most of my audience is comedy. So I've found something that's still able to resonate with that audience to where it's not making the videos perform bad. Like, the, like with your girl? Like those yeah, ones? Yeah, that one. Just the mic'd up style mm-hmm. where I just set up a tripod and kind of just clip the funny moments. No, it's really engaging. For yeah. sure. I read, I watch that. I'm like, fuck, this is hilarious, but it's like yeah. informative at the same time. <coughs> and oh. I have a little series I'm doing where I'm like doing different types of workouts. Like I went and trained with the winner of American Ninja Warrior. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Fucking badass. And then uh, Kettlebell Guy. So I'm like doing different styles. But American Ninja Warrior dude was crazy. He um, He's like my size, isn't he? He's 18. Yeah, he's like your size. A little, little bulkier, but he's... Mm-hmm. he's um. He's like 18. He's won the last two years. He's sitting on like $1.4 million right now. Just because he won? Just because he won. I think he got a mil each year, and then taxes were taken out. So, But wow. he's like 18. All he does is train and fucking go do that. Well, fuck. Yeah. He found something he's good at and that he no, likes. He's, invi- he he's investing in real estate and shit, too. So he's like already set up. By the time he's 20, he's going to be chilling. Wow. Yeah. See, man, like to everybody out there, you're trained to go to school. To become an employee and to not live a life that you're truly destined to live, you're making other people's pockets bigger doing something you don't love to do. Well, what if you just switch your mindset around like with what we're talking about? You could do what you love, stay consistent in what you need to post on social media, build a brand, find a way to make money doing it. You could be set and you reinvest your money, you keep doing it, you keep growing, you keep learning. Bada bing, bada boom. Now you have a full running business on shit that you fucking love to do. Yeah. Is that right? That's right. Why the fuck not? I don't know. People, people, I don't, I don't know, dude. I've like thought about that. Why the fuck not? Why people don't do it? Because well, it is easy. It's just consistency is literally all it is. Like when I tell people like how they need to be successful on social media, I say consistency and just make good shit. And if you do the video structure thing I talked about earlier, then that shouldn't be a problem. But I had a buddy um, who, like, for the longest time, I've tried, um, I've tried like, bringing him up with me, mm-hmm. I guess is the easiest way to put it. Like, every time I get an opportunity, I'll try to, like, give him some business, give him an opportunity to work with these people, yep. encourage him, like, dude, look, I've done this shit. Like, you, like I know you can be doing something. And uh, it's, been, it's been six years, five years, six years, and still he just doesn't have it. And I think just some people aren't made for it, obviously, but... I think that everybody is made for it, honestly. I think that the majority of people just lack discipline in taking action. Yeah. That's it. It's the taking action piece. If you will not take action, you cannot grow. So yeah. your friend that you're talking about had many, like, let's, for instance, a guy came up here, I had 
to bring up the next gen. And he didn't do the work. He didn't take the action. He didn't listen. He had a great opportunity and he failed. Uh-huh. And he didn't truly want it. It's hard. To, I know, I like the main thing I was worried about with, I knew you did, but Tate was like, I know where Tate's at because mm-hmm. I was 19 and I thought the same. Mm-hmm. And the hardest part with him was just getting him to see the vision mm-hmm. as to what's possible if he just commits to this for a little bit of time. Yep. And he fucking did. And he did. Now he's he's chilling. He's got a new truck and uh, finances are coming up a bit. Yep. And um, mentally, I think he's probably in a better place. Oh, yeah. And he's surrounded by better people. So I think it's uh, I think it's a win for both of you guys, obviously. Um, but yeah, dude, like, I think everybody has it in them. I just don't know what it takes to, like, I think they need to... <coughs> I think they need to go through a certain amount of pain and like trauma. Yes, to, I agree. <laughs> to have the discipline and like motivation to do it. Absolutely. So, wow, you just opened up a can of worms. My brain's all fired up now. Yeah, you got to go through shit. The majority of people really don't go through hard shit, but hard shit is what makes the things you want happen. Yeah. No matter what, you could be fat and it's hard to get up from the couch, or you could be fit and it's hard because you got to work out all the fucking time, eat healthy. I believe that the system that is in place has set us up for failure on purpose. Let's oh, yeah. Ma- let's make them lazy. No, 100%. Let's make them fat. Let's make it normal to be unhealthy. That's why Andy Fursella says personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. Because if you get that personal excellence piece down, mm-hmm. I believe everything else comes with it. Yeah. Conquer your life. Yeah. Conquer your body. You conquer your body. You conquer your mind. Mm-hmm. You start conquering your body and your mind and you're in control, Yeah. well, then we're not just human. You know, we're spiritual beings, mm-hmm. right? And then you could tap more into that. Learn more. Be more aware. Where is God taking you? I think a lot more people are waking up to that. I do, too. I had to wake my family up. <laughs> How'd that go? Uh, so that parlays into the Arizona thing. So from, like, the age of 18, 17 to, like, 19, um, right when I turned 19 is when it happened. But 17 to 19, I was like, that's when I was experimenting with ads and e-commerce. And I was buying a bunch of courses and spending all my money on shit that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And um, when I went to college, I was doing, I went to I went to the actual college the first year. And uh, they put me in like a medical ethics class. And I was just sitting in the back like cheating and trying to work on e-commerce. Because I'm like, I'm a business major. Why the hell am I in a fucking medical class? Right. <laughs> um, so after that, I realized I was like wasting a lot of my time on campus. So I switched the second year to um to online so i was at my house the whole time just working in my room mm. and my mom and dad both thought i was just in there playing fortnite the whole time like no shit just playing just games just they thought i was just gaming the How whole old time were you at this time i was just 18 <coughs> okay thought i was in there just gaming the whole fucking time um so a little more context for the arizona thing uh I um, started networking. I wanted to network with kids that were my age. So I read Gary Vee's book, Crushing It, and there was a piece in there where he said to provide free value over Instagram DM. And this is before, like, Instagram DMs are a fucking mess with robots and, like, yeah. strippers and shit. Yeah, but, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I came up with the idea. I'm like, okay, so these kids are all my age, 17, 18, 19, and they're already making six figures, seven figures. I'm like, how the fuck can I, who have no money, provide value to these people? Like, what am I good at? I was good at calisthenics, um, really good at calisthenics. So I thought, I was like, okay, I'm going to message all these people and make them, like, custom little 30-day fitness plans um, for free, no strings attached, oh, shit. Um, and just send it to them. Just have it. Like, I know you're busy working on your business. You don't maybe have time to plan workouts. Here's a plan for the next month, you know, and you can repeat it for probably two or three months before you get sick of it. 
and uh, worked like a charm. Like 99% of people would respond. And then my little kick was I would uh, have them hop on a, like a five-minute phone call with me to talk about like just some fitness goals so I can like tailor it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got all these numbers of all these kids I always wanted to talk to. And uh, the first one, I think, one of the first ones, I'm pretty sure it was the first one, but like six months later after doing this networking strategy, that was the same time I was making the travel videos. Mm. So he was following me on Instagram. Uh, and then, uh, one day asked me to edit like some photos for him. He's like, Hey, you edit photos. So I edited a photo for him, sent it. He posted it next day. I get a text message from a number I didn't have saved. And it ended up being JR garage on YouTube. He's an automotive YouTuber with like one, one million fucking subscribers. Wow. Like flip shit. I was like, so like excited. I was like, what the fuck? Apparently he was on the same trip as the other guy and they have the same photos and he wants his edited. Like my buddy who I posted, and uh, so now I got both of theirs. They're both following me. Another couple months later, they call me and they're like, hey, we have this uh, I have this proposition. This isn't about like fitness shit. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what's up? And they tell me about this uh, build your empire concept. It's like a mastermind we were doing mm-hmm. down in, in Arizona. We were all living in like a $5 million house. And we would host quarterly events at the house where we'd have 200 people come out. We'd have three days of speakers. Um, and it was just like a whole conference type thing. But it was just at the house. And it was a big house. Mm-hmm. So it accompanied everybody. Um but uh, after this phone call, um, at the end of the phone call, he's like, yeah, we should, like, if he was interviewing me for the position to go do that. And uh, he's like, we should meet so that, you know, we can see if we all get along. Because I'd only ever talk to them on the phone. Uh, so that phone call was Kieran, Jer Garage, and then Casey, uh, mm-hmm. my buddy Casey. And uh, at the end of the phone call, he's like, actually, we're in San Francisco right now. And we're going to go to Scottsdale tomorrow to look at the house for the first time. Do you want to meet us there? Mind you, this is 11 p.m. And he, he was like, wanted me there at like 10 a.m. noon, you know? Oh, shit. Yeah, like the next day in like less than 12 hours. I was like, check my bank account. There's like fucking $200 in there. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. Be there somehow, right? <laughs> I didn't say that. I was like, I'll be there. Yeah. So I hang up and uh, my mom's asleep already, right? So I uh, get on on uh, skip lagged it's this website that you can buy some sketchy ass cheap flights uh, like i found like a frontier flight you know with like a six hour layover in denver um and uh i was like cool and i booked it without even asking my mom i was like eight i was i turned i just turned 19 no shit but i was still living with her so obviously i gotta tell her um so i go wake her up i'm like hey i'm going to arizona right now she's like thought i was like high or some shit you know i don't i don't smoke she like like had to go get water and like come back i'm like the <laughs> fuck did you just say i'm like i'm going to arizona and mind you she has no idea about anything i've been doing mm. prior to this. she just thinks i'm in my room playing fortnite yeah and she's like what the fuck you mean you're going to arizona i'm like i have this opportunity like i don't even know how to explain this i've never met these guys but like they have this million dollar house they want me to move into she's thinking i'm gonna like get fucking kidnapped right because right? she's from the era where like this sounds like you won the lottery from like a fucking 7-eleven <laughs> but behind the 7-eleven um and oh, um i explained it to her and dude somehow i fucking convinced her to like let me go so uh i didn't sleep that night i called my buddy tyler who had a drone they wanted me to bring a drone down there i've never flown a drone mm. didn't have a drone but i was supposed to bring a drone so i called tyler and uh such a homie um he uh let me borrow his drone and he taught me to fly it at like 4 a.m. in the morning um, in like a parking lot as he was taking me to the airport. No shit. Yep. And uh, it was enough to where I went down there. I could get some basic shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, long story short, didn't sleep that night, went got on the flight and I was down there the next morning. Um, and that's like what started it for her. Cause like in regards to like waking her up to the shit I was doing, my dad, they've been divorced. So it was just my mom and my siblings in the right. house. 
Uh, so when I got down there, you know, obviously I video everything. I come back and I'm showing her all this footage. She's like, oh, this was legit. Like, this is a thing. And then she didn't really think it was a thing, but she, like, thought it was a thing. And yeah. then I was back there. And then, like, a couple of days later, they're like, we want you to move here in, like, a week and a half. So suitcases, flew down there, slept on an air mattress for the first couple months. Fuck yeah. Um, in, like, one of the bedrooms. But uh, once I was down there, like, actually down there for, like, like, living there is when she started, like, waking up. She's like, okay, he's 19. He has no money. And he was just in college. But now he's living in this $5 million house. And um, with, like, guys that are making, you know, two 40-year-old guys that are, like, making multi-eight figures and then a couple kids my age making six and seven each. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, I don't know what the fuck he did, but he did something. Yeah. So I'm, I was down there for a year and a half and um, was just documenting and sharing everything with her. I would always call her <coughs> and be like, hey, we're going to L.A. today. I'm meeting, like, fucking drama or I just met Jake Paul or I met Logan or something like that and just, like, talking to her about all the shit I was doing. Hey, we're going to Miami this week. I'm going to go to Grant Cardone's 10X conference, and mm-hmm. we're staying in this penthouse. Like, just a bunch of random shit. And um, once that failed and I moved back, she, like, um, her and my dad both thought that was, like, it. And, like, now i got to go back to college type thing mm-hmm. when it, like, failed. Because I still mm-hmm. didn't have much money because I was working down there for free, and the only money I was making was from freelance jobs. Mm-hmm. Um but when I got back, I, like, saw what was possible. That's what that whole time in my life did for me was, like, mm-hmm. I saw what was possible with it. Like, yeah, I got to go drive Porsches. I got to go ride in fucking McLarens, Lamborghinis, mm-hmm. all this shit, travel, meet all these, like, hot women, all no these famous back. people. There's no going back. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> when I got back for the first, like, two or three months, I was, like, super depressed um, because, like, I had experienced that high, and now I'm back in the basement, you mm-hmm. know? And... um but that's when I got on TikTok. So over the next six months is when that started taking off. And I kind of found like a new revelation with that. Um, and it just started going well. So that allowed me to start meeting more cool people and um, traveling a little bit more. But that money wasn't good. And then the agency spawned. Mm. And then now I started having some good income and some side income. And then uh, we moved to Florida like almost two years ago now. Um, and then when I got to Florida is when things like for the agency like really fucking kicked off the monthly rent but the money's coming in because the goya people would send they me they signed it they'd the goya people would send me the ad spend okay so they'd send me like 10 grand to spend on ads but it on the bank statements it shows that there's just 10 grand coming in so technically i was like that means i'm making that right so i got the account i showed the account and like explained it and then they wrote a letter um and sent it to the accounting mm-hmm. office or the the leasing office <coughs> saying i could afford it because with just my actual income i couldn't afford it um Mm -hmm. so i like just gambled on the fact that like if i got out from my family and like was on my own and had that space to just focus again that i can make it work and then within like two months i was already making six figures you bet on you homie yeah bet on me and it it paid off every time i've done that it's paid off same here Every time I've done it, I've learned something. I gotta, I gotta uh, dissect your story and what you just said for the listeners, so There's they a can, lot. so they can fucking understand why it worked. Yeah. Okay. What fires you up, or why do you like what you do? Is it have you been born with this skill? What is the root of um, what made it work for you? Like, why do you like to edit and make well, content think, and do the things? Well, the content's just a passion of mine. Um, personal stuff at least mm-hmm. um like everybody like i, I don't know who, 
who talked about it, but everybody has like their zone of like excellence and their zone of genius. Mm-hmm. Like your zone of excellence is something you're like super good at, but it's not your zone of genius. Your zone of genius is like something where like when you're doing this thing, like you zone the fuck out, you focus all in on it, and it can it just ten, makes sense. ten hours can go by in like yep. in like one. Yep. And that's me when I'm like editing my personal shit. Like I'll start editing my own my own stuff that I like am super passionate about, mm-hmm. and eight hours will go by, and I forgot to eat like two meals. Yep. Um. So. The editing, the content stuff, it's always been like that. Um, but the drive to just, um, like, make more money and be successful is just because of my upbringing. My family divorced at three. We moved, like, eight times before, like, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. We're homeless, like, twice. Um, and uh, it's a bunch of shit like that. Like, yeah. drug addicts in the family, overdoses, cancer, all this shit. So just, like, a rough little upbringing. Um, and I just didn't want that for my future family. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause it was just, it was a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to like give my mom what I think she deserves. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the drive for like, okay, if I don't give up, I'm not going to fail. Like I can't right. fail if I just keep going. Um, I'll die first. So yeah, that was kind of the mindset. So that in combo with finding something with the content agency where it's something I'm good at mm-hmm. my zone of excellence, I would say with other people, with myself, it's genius. Um, in combo with just that drive. Absolutely. Made it work. I like what you said, the zone of genius, because (coughs) everybody has one, and it's different for everybody. And what I like to call that is just a God-given gift that you were born with. Like God said, hey, this right here is what I gave you. You can use this or you can't. But what you did is you found out that this was your passion and that you were good at it, and you continued to develop your skills. The more that you developed your skills, you started betting on yourself that much more and started taking risks. And when you took those risks, they ended up working and it got you to where you're at now. So to everybody listening to this, if you find what you're good at and you like it, it fires you up. And you, like you said, zone of genius, you could be doing it for 10 hours straight and you're not bothered by it. That's where you need to develop your skill set and start really diving into that because that's who you are. That's who God created you to be. And if you are in that path, there might be shortcomings and things that, you know, go up and down like a mountain or a heartbeat monitor. But every single thing, like even with Anthony's story, yes, he went to uh, Phoenix and it failed, but because he went there and took the action to do it, it ended up setting him up mentally where he needed to be to take the action to get to where he's at now. And that wouldn't have happened unless he did that. But yeah, man, I want to I wanna stay on that zone of genius thing because I've never heard of that before. But, like, I believe my zone of genius is building people mm-hmm. and figuring out what actions they need to take to get what they want out of life. Yeah. And a lot of the time what you want is what you truly want And what you want to accomplish in life is just on the other side of figuring out, like, what is that skill that you need to take action on to get there that is in line with who you are? Mm -hmm. I've been looking for that for 20, my my whole life. You know, I was looking for what what am I put here to do? I know I'm supposed to be put here to do something. Like, what is it? So my whole life I've had to figure that out. And I could talk to somebody, help develop them for fucking 12 hours straight and I'll be fucking on it. <laughs> They'll have to take a break, but I'm just like, fuck, let's go. Yeah. Like, we're on some good shit. 
you know, that's my thing, right? And your thing, what would you say is it, like, content creation? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Just creating content? What about teaching others how to? Or is it more like you doing it? Um, it's more so me doing it. And that on honestly, just, like, it's only specific projects um, as well. Like I said, like, if, like, the roofing stuff, like, I enjoy making it, but it's not, like, I have to take breaks. Like, yeah. I'll take, like, 30-minute breaks to after a while because – I just, I've always been sick of editing other people's stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to my stuff, like, specifically, like, travel-related videos or, like, um, YouTube videos are, like, my favorite to, like, piece together. Um, just because, like, I know that I can do whatever the fuck I want with this video. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can style it however I want. I can add music if I want to because I don't give a fuck about copyright. And, like, I can just, I just have the free realm to make whatever I want out of it. Mm. Yeah. So I would say content creation. For sure. I'd be right there with you, man. You can see it. You radiate it. You love it. You come in with the camera. It's just like, yep, that's my motherfucking tool belt. I can talk about it, dude, all day. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, um, I, I don't know if I told you. I was supposed to I was supposed to do a speaking engagement in Tampa. I was supposed to speak um, to a organization called CEO. It's like a college version of DECA. Do you know what that is? Like a business entrepreneurship thing? Yep. Um, I got invited... Uh, by a board member to speak at one of the breakout sessions, right? And funny story, it was it was going to be about social media and content stuff. I didn't prepare shit. Everybody else was doing PowerPoints for the event. I was like, that's not my style. I'm just going to show up in a flannel and uh, just give them value for like 45 minutes straight because mm-hmm. I know that I can do that because um, I have no problem talking about it. But what ended up happening with it was uh, the communications company that was in charge of dealing with the speakers, <laughs> dealing with the speakers, um, sucked okay so my i was under the impression that there would be like there'd be the keynote thing where everybody's in like a gymnasium or something and then mm-hmm. there's the breakoff sessions which in my mind i just was envisioning like a classroom with like mm-hmm. max 20 to 30 people mm-hmm. okay and that's based off of like the communication i received from the company yep. okay i was like that's what i thought it was um i'm even met with the guy running the thing and he vetted me for like less than five minutes as a speaker i was like I could have, like, lied about this whole thing. Like, if it was something serious, I felt like it would have been more yeah. of an interview. Like, making sure you're not just talking out your ass. Yeah, and I'm not going to show up and just waste people's time, yeah. you know? So, um, long story short, I was in Miami the day before this uh, speaking engagement, filming with the client, doing all the Gary blood work and stuff. And uh, my buddy Simon, who I drove down there with, wanted to leave after dinner. And dinner got over at, like, 10 p.m. Damn. It's, like, a four-hour drive. So, we were getting back at, like, 2 a.m., and then I would speak at, like like, noon. So I text, I text the board guy. I'm like, hey, is it really worth me driving back for? You know, like, I'm down here to sign a client. I could film with him tomorrow, and, like, we wouldn't get back till 2 a.m. Like, is it, like, am I really, do I need to drive back? Um, because I was just under the impression it was this just blow-off thing where, like, they could easily just plug somebody in to go speak to the 20 kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he honestly encouraged me to, like, miss the speaking engagement. He's like, yeah, dude, honestly, I would pursue that. Go for it, yeah. Next morning, he texts me, I'm going to because I have it. It's fucking funny, dude. Okay. <laughs> um, sends me a text message as me and Simon are driving back the next morning after we had breakfast. And this is what he says. He says, dude, LMFAO, the program didn't update me as the speaker. And there was more people for your session than any other one so far. So that's the first part. So they were supposed to update him in the system so that that day when all the kids get their pamphlets or whatever, it has the schedule and his name was supposed to be on it. It still said my name, and there's still a big cardboard cutout 
in front of the room I was supposed to speak in with my face on it. No and shit. And my headline and all this shit. So they didn't <laughs> tell anybody that it was him speaking. Oh. Um, and my headline, I had a good hook. The title of the talk was um, Social Media Virality and How to Stand Out in a Three-Second World was the, was the headline. Damn. So that's the first part. Second part. Ten minutes before it started, there wasn't even standing room, and the director came running in to try to figure out why it was out the door. The moment I said I wasn't you and feel free to go to another session, it went from, like, 250 people to 70. And All I, those people came for you. That Yeah, to hear me talk about social media shit because of what I guess I portrayed um, for them. Would that, would that have been the biggest crowd you ever spoke in front of? Yeah, up until then it was 100-something. 100, 100 was... I did a hundred something in like in Miami, but that one would have. I was I was pissed. I texted him. I'm like, you're fucking, you're fucking with me, right? Like you're joking. <laughs> and he's like, no. I'm like, you're lying. Like you're you have to be lying. Like I, how how could this have been so perfectly miscommunicated fucking, yep. to where I thought it was in a classroom to like twenty kids, and now there's ten times that, twelve times that. In a fucking bigger mini auditorium. Communication's fucking key, dude. So next day I drive, I go to the third day. It was a three day thing. I go to, I go just to see what the fuck it is. Cause like now I'm curious. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and he apologizes. <laughs> he, uh, he says they fired the communications company that day. Cause I guess there was a couple speakers that kind of had the same issue issue. Yeah. But they, they went, but it was like a mis. It was just weird. Uh, but I go and it's it's a whole thing. They rented out like the biggest Hilton hotel in Tampa. Wow. Um, they all were staying up in the hotel. There's like probably 700 kids, 800 kids. Um, and when they broke into these sessions, there was like five or six. And mine had like I guess the most people. When you it. say kids, I mean we're talking they're like, like 22, yeah, three year olds. Yeah, they're like college people. But yeah, our age. Yeah, they're our age. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think of it differently. Kids, right? I think of it differently because I've just been out of school for like five years, <laughs> six years now. Fuck, you might be going there and breaking them out of school. Well, next year it's in Tampa, so... Well, that's what I'm saying. He's like... I, I told him, I was like, dude, honestly, like, I probably would have got up there and just told them all to drop out and shit. Because <laughs> I would have told them so much about social media, they all would have been like... Fuck this shit. They would have had a... Like, that's what sucked, is the next day he's also introducing me to people, and they're like, damn, I was, like, super excited for your session. I'm like, yeah, fuck me, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so... um that was, like, a wake-up call for me because, one, I didn't know that – like, I've always thought, like, um, just from past relationships growing up, I've internalized everything. So, like, I never thought that many people would be interested in, like – Well, now talk, you fucking know. And if 250 that, so. people want to see you, that means a couple thousand yeah. wouldn't mind. And yeah. a lot of these people have probably already seen your content. Probably, yeah. So that was a little fun story. But going back to the Zona Genius thing um, – Dude, something I wanted to talk about was, like, uh, Tate always asked me, um, another roof salesman here at NextGen, mm-hmm. um, he always uh, asked me, he's, like, opinions on what I think he should do, and I keep telling him the same thing. I'm like, dude, just try shit. Like, just try shit. Because, like, I don't think he knows necessarily what his zone of genius might be yet. Um, it might be content. It might not. He has a lot of interest in that. But I'm like, dude, you just have to, you're 19. You got to just try shit. Yep. Like, that's what I was doing. Like, I would try shit, waste money, try shit, waste money, go broke, make some more money. Go but, broke again. But try each time shit. you do that, it's like, okay, I'm figuring it out. Here's another step. And you step. also learn skill sets throughout yep. all of it. Like, I learned how to run ads from failing at drop shipping, And then that down the road got me, like, one of my biggest clients I've ever had. And then... Hell yeah. Exactly. So, like that, like, I blew up on social media. I built my own website, um, launched merch. I learned how to source shit, get a manufacturer, get a warehouse, yep. deal with shipping, build a website, do the email marketing, do the text message marketing. 
And, like, I've slowly learned how to do, like, all this shit. You become more of a man of value the more skill sets that you know and that you have and that you can implement. That's why Josh hasn't fired me yet because you can't find anybody that does all that. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <coughs> uh, one last thing I want to touch on before we end this thing is where do you think you'd be if you didn't go out of your way to give free value to people? In college, graduating college. Honestly, right. A lot of people are scared to provide free value because it's free. They're not making money on it. They want a return. But I still now give free value. Like I'll I'll hit up people that like Gary Brecca, for example, uh-huh. 10X Health. Um, I was going to have him as a client because um, I, I was DMing him. And uh, he coincidentally did a video with my client, the one that got posted on the Joe Rogan podcast. No shit. Yeah, they popped up one of my client's videos on Joe Rogan this week. What? In the Gary Brecca episode. Okay. But, um... That's fucking sick. Anyways, uh, he did a video with my client, Colin, and uh, I did the collaborate feature on all of them like I do with you and Josh. And literally all of them got like half a million plus views. Like they all did super well. So I DM Gary directly. Hey, uh, I saw all these videos and I kind of tagged them. I was like, all these videos did super well. I actually work with Colin. I'm his editor. I do all this. And I would love to like start doing your videos. You know, obviously people like you. All these videos did great. And I think the structure is super good. Um, so he was like completely on board and then coincidentally like a day later uh, United Talent Agency like hit him up and they wanted him to be like one of their talents for the agent It's like one of the biggest talent agencies in the country. Oh shit. So he works with them now and they handle the editing so that didn't work out, but um, You still kind of got in I, there you Exactly, but the thing is I offered to do free videos for him for like a while mm-hmm. Like I was like just send me like your three most recent podcasts I'll cut them up send them back and just see if you like them that's how I got calling as a client, actually, because a bunch of people were in his DM, um, and they were asking, uh, like, hey, yeah, I would love to edit for you. I'd love to do this, this, and this. Um, and then Colin, like, would want them to send them a portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've known Colin. I've been friends with him. And I told him, I'm like, hey, just send me the most recent thing you did. I'll edit it for free. You can post all of it. No strings attached. Right. And he loved all of them. So that's how I got him as a client. And I've done that for tons of people. I'm like, just send me some footage. I'll edit it. If you like it, then we can work together. If not, then find somebody else i guess but G- givers gain homie dude givers gary, gary vaynerchuk gain. gary vaynerchuk's uh jab 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 right hook uh-huh. give 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 and then you come in with the with the hook mm-hmm. the offer the sales the pitch whatever it is you got to give three times first right well it makes you feel good because you're giving value but you know that like if i give you something you feel obligated to give me back something yeah subconsciously it's yeah. just that's just how it works psychology so, <laughs> everybody listening here, you got something to give that's valuable for free. Fucking do it. If you want to connect with the right people, find some sort of way that you can provide value to them with the skill sets you currently have. And if you don't have any you think they would find valuable, go develop them. Um, I use Udemy a lot. Udemy.com is how I learned to run ads. You can buy courses for like 20, 30 bucks. So, it'll teach you to run Google ads and shit. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's another part that people don't understand what investing in yourself means and why that's the best investment. Acquire high value skill sets. Yep. And so. a lot of those skill sets you have to pay for because they're obviously high value. The return on investment on those skill sets are fucking exponential. Yeah. I learned how to run Google ads for 30 bucks and it has made me $30,000 probably. So, quite the return there feel like we've given this is free value too guys this is going to be posted online check it out share it take these nuggets digest it and use them in your life 
And, uh, yeah, let's wrap it up on that, man. I appreciate you coming on and adding value and telling everybody your story. It's been long overdue, but we did it, man. No problem, and, dude. I uh, appreciate you having me. Yeah, no problem. This is just the beginning of an awesome friendship and relationship, and uh, I'm excited for what the future has in store. Good shit, brother. I'll yeah. talk to you next time. Talk to you next time, everybody. Later on. If this episode resonated with you or if you know somebody who needs to hear it, don't keep it to yourself. Share it far and wide to anyone who crosses your mind. Send them a text message, an email, a DM on social media. Take a screenshot if you have to and share it to your stories on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat. I also want to express my gratitude for the incredible support and the five-star reviews on iTunes and Spotify. Your reviews help the show reach new audiences who might have never stumbled upon it before. By listening, they have the opportunity to open their minds and potentially change their lives. So please keep those reviews coming in and let's continue to make a huge impact together. Till next time, everybody. This is Tristan Mather signing off. And remember, if you want to make the world a better place, you must first look at yourself and make that change. Conquer your life.